got to operate in truth, right? Operate in truth. Tell the truth. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Gator Truth, the Florida football podcast. I'm Daniel, and on this episode, we're going to take a look at the Las Vegas Bowl 30-3 loss for the Gators against the Oregon State Beavers, and I'll give a few thoughts on the current 2023 Florida Gators recruiting class as this is being recorded on early signing day 2022. To get started, I did have a good time in Las Vegas, even though the game isn't what I believed it should be. In fact, I stand by a tweet I put out on the podcast page, which said, even with low expectations, this is below them. And it really was. I mean, you can't have seven yards combined in between two quarters and say that's living up to expectations. And we'll get into that a little bit more. But with that said, it was a good time for the 15 hours I was in Las Vegas. I met my cousin, Will, who is listening. In fact, I told him how his voice stays in my head about let me not say this or let me put this a certain way because of I know he's going to shoot me a text and say this was good or this was bad or whatever. It does help out, but it's just kind of funny. Before the game, I said to him, I said, Will, we're going to treat this like it's the Eastern Washington game or something like that where it's just a day at the ballpark. You sit back and chill. In the grand scheme, this game doesn't mean much. And to be honest, it really doesn't, although I would like to see a better performance and definitely can't be struggling to score. But with that said, again, is a day to mostly just sit back, have a good time. We had a Missouri alumnus in front of us who talked to us and just had a good time with us throughout the game. I want to shout out a few guys who were at the game, not necessarily with me, but when I posted, hey, I'm at the game, a few people replied. Pro Gator made the trip, and also making the trip was Matthew Rowland. And there's another guy who I cannot pronounce whatever your Twitter handle is. I do apologize who talked about he's in Vegas, so it was a lot easier to get to the game. So definitely good to see some Gators gain there. Not a massive crowd from Florida, but then again, not the biggest crowd from Oregon State as well, although there were plenty more Oregon State fans than there were Gator fans. That said, it's big that there is at least a decent amount of Gator fans who did make the trip out west and gave them their support for this final game of the season, which was not a season that went the way we thought it would or necessarily that we hoped it would. But in the end, maybe it will grow into something. Obviously, time will tell on that. The hope is definitely for better days to come. But again, we've got to see it. It's easy to sit here and be hopeful and throw stuff at the wall, but there are things we definitely need to see. And I'll begin into that as we do a season wrap-up episode later on this week or at some point next week. Switching over to the game, you know, I was really hoping we, I talked about in the preview about which team shows up, the team that struggled with Stanford and got boat raced by Utah, or the team that came back against Oregon and gave USC a run for its money, and the Beavers team that showed up was more of the latter than the former, and unfortunately with that, we did run into a very motivated team, a team who did lose one of their best players in Martinez early in the game, but still a decent and pretty good Beaver team as well, who finished with 10 wins on the season. 
I talked about, you know, the keys to the game for offense. First off, run if you can run. And if you could run, then we should be able to pass. Well, we definitely could not run. The running game was not good at all. Obviously, a lot of that came down to the offensive line and lack of blocking. I've said all I've said for the last few weeks at least that I found out or looking at the data that Montreal Johnson seems to be the barometer for how we're going to do. And again, it's not all on him, but generally what his numbers show is how the team does. And Montreal Johnson, 11 carries 14 yards. That's 1.3 yards per carry. If you take away his long, which we've done for some of these other games this season, his long was 14 yards, which means he had 10 more carries where he averaged zero yards per carry. I know some of those were for three, four-yard gains and then also some for loss. So that is an interesting statistic in my mind. Jack Miller, 13 rushes for 13 yards, long of 15. Definitely got sacked a few times, including one by at least one by former Gator Andrew Chatfield. And with the failure to run, obviously that hurt our pass game because what Oregon State defensive plan seemed to be is bring pressure and see if we could get to this quarterback who's less mobile mobile than Anthony Richardson probably will hurt us a lot less if we come for him. And that's what they did. They caused pressure, caused all sorts of problems, and we couldn't really take advantage the whole game or for most of the game of the 74th ranked pass defense in the nation. The second key for the offense that I gave is to take care of the football. And I believe that overall we did well of that. I mean, there was one time that we fumbled a snap and we did kick the ball off of someone, but that wasn't really the offense's fault. So I'm going to give us a check mark, at least on taking care of the football. We didn't turn the football over as an offensive football team. So that's good. Also, I said players in play calling needed to be efficient, and I can't say that it was. Too many times we're trying to force the ball at the middle when that was not working. And there are also a few times that we just saw some crazy play calls. Now, a few of these should not have been thrown by by Jack Miller, but he still did. Um, I believe it was early on in the third quarter, we did the rollout play to the right where we only had one receiver even on that side of the field. Well, the problem is if there's one receiver and other teams have watched film, they're going to know this is exactly where the ball's going. And Miller releases it, and truth be told, it should have been a pick. We lucked out, did not throw the pick there. So I would give a no, maybe an okay, but I'm going to go with no with efficient play calling. I can't say it's efficient, again, when you only have seven yards between two quarters combined. On defense, one of the keys that I gave was to stop the run. And I really can't say we did that, allowing 164 yards on the ground and 4.2 yards per carry. And since we didn't force them to have to go to the air in these obvious passing situations, it did allow them to end up going 17 for 26 through the air. However, the yards per pass was lower than our yards per pass at 7.3. At 189 yards passing, but truth, truth be told, they didn't really need it. There were a few times, and this is getting into number two, which was to play tight coverage. There were a few times that we did have nice coverage and they did make a play. Example, I think it was the first touchdown drive that Oregon State had. 
Torrance was coming from the safety position on a corner route. So obviously he's coming from the middle of the field. The guy's cutting towards the outside of the field if you're not sure what a corner route is. And so he's coming and he's making it a tighter window and the receiver just makes a nice diving catch and the ball was put where only the receiver could get it. And I said to my cousin at the game, I said, I'll take that all day. I If it's thrown on time, maybe it ends up being a pick, but unfortunately they just put it where it needs to be and the receiver made a play. Our receivers had a drop or two in this game. So again, we got to see our guys start making those plays. We're seeing other teams make the plays. One of the evolutions of this team going forward is to see our receivers make the plays as opposed to dropping few plays. And with that said, again, we'll get into it with the players, but there were also some missed throws. The last thing I'd say is for tackling, our tackling was a little bit on and off throughout the game. Obviously, it needs to be better. We didn't see anything as bad as FSU, so that was good. But at the same time, we were allowing the Beavers to move the ball over and over and over again. So that one, I'm going to say, is kind of in the middle. Now to take a look at what I thought of the different position groups. For the quarterbacks, I give Jack Miller a C. Obviously, it was his first start. I do think there are things such as having him roll out to one side with only one receiver in the area that weren't good to help him. There were also a few times where he didn't do smart things. A few times he missed some passes. And again, there's one or two drops. But he also had a nice 15-yard run late in the game to get a first down. I'm going to give him the below average C because I think there are things he could do better. Some of that is on the defensive line or, or offensive line who allowed the defensive line to penetrate. But there are times that he could have made a better ball. There are times he could have stepped up and ran and said he backed up right into a sack at one point. And really, even some of the completions, I joked in the preseason about he, every throw of Miller we saw in the spring game was a back shoulder throw. And even like his first completion to Pearsall, it, as Pearsall's running the slant, the ball kind of hits on the backside of his shoulder. A few times he should have been picked due to that. But luckily, um, whether it was stepping out of bounds or dropping the ball, Oregon State ended up not having an interception. I believe there were three times that they should have had an interception where he threw it right to the other team. So for that, I will give him a C. Obviously, when the running game's not working, there are things we need to do to help him out, and we didn't do that. So maybe a C plus, but that's where I am for now. Running backs, I can't say much more than a D. You don't get two yards per carry. Some of that is on your offensive line. Granted, you're missing Osiris Torrance, but you had four starters who've played all year. You had a backup uh, tackle who's played all year. You had, unfortunately, we did have Richie Leonard out for injury who's building guard position. So we did move Cameron Waits from tackle to guard, which I said I was curious how this tackle would be playing at the guard position, and the answer was he did not do too well. Hopefully he develops to be a little bit better. Our wide receivers and tight ends outside of one or two drops really didn't do too much spectacular. Didn't like They didn't make too many plays, but if they caught the ball, 
they definitely filled space, got north and south. So I'm giving them the average of B. Again, solid, not spectacular. About an average of what I'd want to see from them. Offensive line, they're getting an F because you probably have way more talent than what you showed, allowing no one to get two yards per carry, not being able to push around a somewhat undersized Oregon State defensive line. Again, this is an experienced group, at least 100 starts between everyone there. Multi-year starters in Ethan White, multi-year starter in Egwikin and Garage, and between Barber and Tarquin on the, at the other tackle, you've got at least 12 starts between the two of them for just the season's game or games. So a lot more should have been done than what we saw in the running game. Even with Osiris Torrance out, I do expect someone serviceable to be in there. Cameron Waits was not the guy who false started all the time. We had our center false start. We had our senior garage false start. We had all sorts of things. Plenty of false starts that killed us. It seemed every time we crossed the 50, we'd get a false start. And those are things that cannot happen and definitely cannot continue to happen. On the defensive side of the ball, the defensive line overall, I thought they did about average. Give them a B. Nothing great, but nothing terrible. It thought it looked like it was going to be much better during the first uh, drive of the game for Oregon State when Princely got that big sack. Unfortunately, not much happened after that. Oregon State kind of found some ways against that. Whether it was just going to a power running game that our defense wasn't set up to handle or whether it was doing some quick throws to a back or whatnot, could it have been better? Yes, definitely. But I'm still going to go with the average of B for the defensive line. Linebackers, same thing. It's They've done a lot of par for the course at this point. We did see Derek Wingo have a great game for his really his first start for Florida with eight tackles, one sack, and that accounted for a tackle for loss. Trey Dean on the backside ended up getting a tackle for loss as well. But as far as linebackers, you had the eight tackles for Wingo, eight tackles for Bernie, seven for Shamar James. So it's Pretty well done, Powell Ryland from the outside linebacker spot, two tackles. And then we're going to get back to the defensive backs. These guys, I'm going to give about a C plus. And the reason why I'm giving them a C plus is there are times that, whether it was just not filling a gap fast enough, whether it was making a stupid penalty at the end of the half when we hit the guy late or whether it was hitting a sliding quarterback there were just plenty of stupid penalties that gave things up and also I like Perkins but no need to pass interfere there that ball was nowhere near where it was going to be caught by the receiver and if you don't interfere that's a fourth down instead we gave up points on that drive so three penalties right there that were major and that's gone lower it. There were times we had great defense, times that we didn't have the best defense from our defensive backs. 
But since I can name three penalties that went for 15 yards that were costly, that's why I'm really dropping it. I didn't expect much from this defense, to be honest, depending on what Oregon State team showed up. But even what I did expect was not to see a bunch of dumb penalties. And that's what we saw. So here we are. That said, kudos to Oregon State. Played a great game. Had a good game plan and really just enforced their will. Once they realized they could stop our run, they did the right thing and say, let's just come hard, come hot all day and see if they're going to beat us. And there are many times that we didn't. We didn't have an answer for, hey, let's throw it quickly to where the blitzer came from sometimes. We didn't see the fake coming, although you can go to Twitter and see why I tweet at that moment. I actually had turned right before that. I go, this is going to be a fake punt. And sure enough, it was. And I know there are other people that saw that coming. Why? Because they figured we weren't prepared and we didn't look prepared. And they were right. Special teams is going to get a D plus only because we made that field goal at the end of the game. But there wasn't much special going on except for for the most for most of the game, the most special thing was kicking a field goal and missing it and then punting uh, out of the off the back of a player. We did block the field goal at the end of the first half, so that was good, but then what did we do immediately? Well, one of our defensive players went and got a penalty. I know I counted that against our defensive backs because it was one of them, but it was on special teams. But I'm going to keep that on the defense. The funny thing is the guy who gets the penalty, Jordan Young, is also the guy who blocked the kick. So, I mean, those should somewhat equal out. And that's why I'm going for D+. But we can't have multiple mess-ups in a game like we had. I'm not just talking about that penalty, but missing a kick, kicking into the back of our own player because we blocked poorly. Things like that cannot happen and hopefully are improved going forward. And hopefully we do see that year two jump we've seen from every single long-term program with one notable exception. I know a lot of people are talking about Harbaugh and Michigan. Harbaugh and Michigan have had three 10-win seasons in their first, or had three 10-win seasons in their first four years. That's not the kind of gotcha you think it is. And then the other one, of course, being Dabo Sweeney. And we'll talk more about this when we go into the season review. But Sweeney also fired coordinators after year two when the job wasn't getting done. You can look up the name of the coordinator. I won't say it here. Overall, the finish to the season could have been better, win or lose. But at this point, it just is what it is. And again, we're going to hope for the better. We can talk about players being out, but if you look at the list of players who are gone, very few would have actually been much of an impact, if any, had they played, obviously. Osiris Torrance would have had some impact. Anthony Richardson, I believe, would have some impact. And Ventrell Miller would have had some impact. But with that said, we started nine guys on offense who started against FSU or, in the case of Xavier Henderson, missed FSU due to injury. So him coming back is an upgrade. On defense, I believe we started nine guys as well that started against FSU. We were missing Trevez Johnson, but Perkins came in. Perkins is the better cover guy, in my opinion, and we missed a guy like Donovan McMillan just for safety rotation. I'm not saying that 
these guys, again, not saying they wouldn't have had an impact. I think they would, but I think it's not fair to say that simply this whole game falls on the shoulders of these guys not playing. That said, the year's over. Time to look at what next year, and we're not going to go into a whole full preview, but time to look at some things going into next year. And of course, the Gators, it is early signing day, as I said earlier. And the Gators have finished with what 24-7 Sports has, the number 12th class in the nation. Looking at that, that's not where we want to be. However, one thing we can say is where we want to be, at least for now. And I say for now because there's still a few recruits out there that we could possibly get, not likely, but we could get that raise our average or a few that other schools could get that changes the game or we could sign people that are currently below the average we have and of course laws of averages it would go down then but with that said we currently have a 20 or a top five as far as class uh, average player rating so that is good that's something we want to see we do want it higher we want it to be closer to florida and or closer to alabama and georgia but again it is still a very solid class and i do believe that it was said best Gator writer Nick Delatore. He said there are areas that need to be addressed. Inside linebacker still needs depth. Defensive tackle need to hit on the portal. It's a solid class that addressed needs. It doesn't close the gap on Bama or Georgia right now, but it's a good start for Napier's full class. Again, currently a top five average on 24-7 sports, which is a good start. We do want to be closing the gap on Bama and Georgia, so it's not quite where we want to be, but it's definitely better than where we could be, and that is down where FSU is. But again, it is a good start. We do want the class to have more players and still average that. Right now, we have about 20, where when we talk about Bama and Georgia, they're in 93-94 territory, and they've got 25-26 guys. If we had 25, 26 guys, we would be up near that top five area if we were still averaging the 92.3-ish that we are averaging now. That said, this kind of reminds me sort of of the 2017 Clemson recruiting class. What I mean by that is I believe Clemson was ranked like 13th or 14th in 2017, but what they did was they had this higher average. Now, like I said, Back in that time, there was only about eight, nine teams that went 91 or above, and they were, I think, 92 or 93 that year. That said, this reminds me of that class. You took less players, but you kept that average up. We do need to fill some gaps in the portal, and we need to do it with good gaps from the portal. There is a rumor out that we're getting a linebacker from Ohio State. I know it was released. But then there's been news about whether that's official or not, gone back and forth. And who knows, maybe while recording this, it's been confirmed. But that would definitely be a good start to get another inside linebacker because that is a place where we are currently lacking both any actual depth and quality depth. So bring that on. Hopefully we see lots of good additions this offseason. We still need a portal quarterback. There is a heavy rumor out there. We're getting a quarterback from Wisconsin. 
when we get them, I will comment on that. But until we do, it's like commenting on anyone else. It's speculation. Might as well not waste my breath or your time hearing opinions on something that may or may not happen. That said, this will be a very interesting offense or very interesting offseason in Gainesville. And it'll be something to keep an eye on both with our recruits coming in, with whatever we do in the transfer portal, whoever comes in via the transfer portal to be a quarterback because we still need one more on the depth chart and to help compete for the starting position because I don't know if it's Jack Miller. I don't know if Jaden Rashada will be ready as a true freshman. That is a big ask of a true freshman to come in and start immediately in the SEC. Not saying it couldn't happen, but again, it is a big ask. So maybe we get a guy from the portal who'll come in and do it, or maybe one of these guys steps up like a Jack Miller, or maybe Max Brown ends up surprising us. Lots of storylines to keep an eye on as we go from now until next fall. We're going to wrap up the season soon. And again, I have what I hope will be some fun content coming up as we try and bridge the gap between the bowl game and the first game of the season next year in Salt Lake City. With all that said, thank you everyone for listening. And as always, go Gators.